Welcome to the Studio Sisters podcast. We're your hosts and sisters, Katie and Taylor. We travel the world, make beautiful things, and run our online businesses. We're creative entrepreneurs and Etsy experts, and we are on a mission to help you make meaningful income online and to create what you love. On the Studio Sisters podcast, we will dive into all things Etsy, running an online business, making money, creating while traveling, and growing your brand. We want you to leave this podcast with more confidence in yourself, your online small business, and the belief that your creative dream life is possible for you. So let's do this. friends. Today we wanted to talk about some of the things that we are doing right now to sell more of our handmade products and art. We are in small business high gear right now, working extra hard on our business with new products, and we are always trying to get better at what we do. You might be thinking that we're going to talk about running sales or lowering prices, but actually if you've been listening to us for any amount of time, you might know that we almost never talk about lowering your pricing in any way. That's just not really the way to sell more art or more handmade products. It doesn't help you convince your customers to buy at a higher price point, and it doesn't help you build a bigger audience. Running a sale or discounting your art is not the best strategy if you want to sell more of it and make more money in your small business. So instead, today, Taylor and I are going to talk about five things that we're doing right now to sell more art. And unlike running a sale, which costs you money, these five strategies lead to long-term growth, and none of them cost you a dime. They're completely free with big results, so let's dive in. First, research, research, research what your customers actually want. Do you know what your clients actually want from you? This is such a huge question, but knowing what your customers care about is actually really, really important. Yeah, on the product side, go back and read your DMs with customers and your past shop reviews. What are the comments they make? Do Do they rave about fast shipping times? Do your customers love your materials? You might see some opportunities here for improvement, like speeding up your shipping time or adding in more options and materials or colors that customers really love. Could you maybe bundle individual products that you sell that go together really nicely and make it easier for your customers to make a quick purchase of that set instead of scrolling through your shop one by one? I'm not saying you need to create new products right now, but you need to let your customers' feedback shape what you do in your business. Yeah, actually, this is so helpful for us. We do this all the time because um, Etsy customers are brutally honest in their reviews and DMs. So they will tell you exactly what they think about your product. 
They'll mm-hmm. say, I love this. It fits perfectly. I wish this art print was a bigger size. I wish it came in a different color. They'll say stuff that isn't even relevant to the review, but it's relevant to their experience with the product. Yeah, sometimes it can be good, sometimes bad, but it's helpful to go through those. Yeah, now don't take like everything your customers say as like the Bible. You know, some customers are just unhappy no matter what, and you're never going to make them happy. Some people, maybe they have a suggestion, but it's not really what you do. And that's okay to say no to that. But for example, we've gotten great suggestions from customers about bundles or pricing or adding on another size to something. So all of those things we might not have thought of if we hadn't gone back through and read customers' feedback and thought about the questions that they asked us. Now, on the inspiration side, how long has it been since you've shaken things up in your art or your style? Are there items in your shop that you need to update with fresh color palettes? Do you need to take new photos? This is like probably the number one for most handmade sellers. Mm -hmm. How old are your photos of some of your best-selling items? Could you display them better? Researching uh, some of the best-selling shops in your category. So if your category is stickers or jewelry or soap, research some of the best-selling shops on Etsy, but also look at Instagram and Pinterest and pay attention to how they style their items and how the photos are taken. Basically, like think about what is popular. So for us, we've been researching some new materials and we've got a couple of new sticker types coming soon that I'm really excited about. I personally have also started offering prints of my fine art and oil paintings since some of my audience has asked for them. So I'm going to start offering them. We're also slowly adding more and more updated photos to our listings that show our stickers out in the wild. I I just think it's funny to call it out in the wild. (laughs) I love it. So that basically means like not a product photo on a flat lay or in a light box. This is really time consuming to take 125 different product listings out and get pictures of them in lifestyle product shots. So for us, that means taking pictures of stickers in planners, in journals, at the beach, on a water bottle, hiking up a mountain. It's very time consuming. So we're not trying to tackle that all at once, but we're working through it slowly. And I think it's actually really, really important to add those different kind of photos in our shop. Yeah. And if you have like a smaller product, such as stickers that you can just keep a set of them handy, um, it can make it very helpful to take these types of photos. So for example, I have a Ziploc full of some of the stickers that I need to take more photos of in our car so that when we go out hiking or end up on an adventure somewhere, I can just grab one of those stickers and take a photo of it in front of that waterfall we just hiked to. And the purpose of doing all of this is like some of our feedback from our customers has been like, this has been perfect for my water bottle. This is perfect for my laptop. Are they waterproof? So yes, our vinyl stickers are waterproof. So we need to do more in shooting photos of our product that show them being used in that way. Yeah. And during in your listing, you can mix these types of photos. Yeah. Mix them up. Don't like put all the product photos at the beginning and then your lifestyle photos at the end. You want to kind of mix those 10 photos up because most of your customers are not actually going to even scroll through all 10 photos. Yep. 
they're not even going to read the whole description. So think about that. Like what photos need to be at the beginning? What words need to be at the beginning of your listing descriptions? As well as adding more creative photos into our listings, we're also trying to add a video to each listing. Etsy now encourages and allows shops to add one video to each product listing. They don't have to be long and complicated videos as Etsy actually only allows 15 second videos, but they are great for adding a close up look to your product or a time lapse of your product in use or maybe even the process of how you made it. Many of you may already be taking these videos and putting them on your social media. And if you did not know, you can actually take those 15 second videos, which is also the common size for many reels on Instagram mm -hmm. and put those directly into Etsy. The second thing that we're doing to sell more of our art right now is to lean in and share more. This seems pretty simple, but if you want to sell more and get noticed more by the people who follow you and also by new people, you need to share more content in all of the ways. There's so much out there on the internet and social media, so it's definitely a challenge to actually be seen by your customers. They're probably flooded with advertising and content from everyone else, but if you don't try at all, or you're only maybe trying 50% or 80% of the time, you're definitely not going to be seen. So what can you do? So there's a theory called the marketing rule of seven. And in this theory, basically um, marketers and business owners have um, long thought that people on average would need to be exposed to your brand or your product at least seven times before they actually decide to make the buying decision. So if you were a brick and mortar like restaurant or gift shop, that would mean that someone needs to see your billboard, they need to see your sign, they need to drive by your restaurant a minimum of seven times before they are like, oh, let's go there for lunch today. And so on Etsy, Instagram, or Pinterest, like someone would need to see your pins or your Instagram sale posts like at least seven times before they might actually get to the point of making a purchase. However, now, because of the incredible amount of content online and advertising online, people are just totally inundated. So now the marketing rule of seven is now more like the marketing rule of 16, 19, 20. People need to see your stuff a lot because there's so much out there. So here are some ways that we're trying to do that, to share more and be there more often. Obviously, doing things in person is really a challenge right now, but think about any possibilities that you do have. If there are in-person opportunities that are good for you, take them. For example, putting your art in a local coffee shop. I know, Katie, you have a um, set of paintings that are for sale in your favorite local coffee shop. Mm -hmm, I do. Uh, you can also go support another artist sale. That builds networking. Maybe you are going to connect with someone who can help you grow. You could participate in a fundraiser. I know that both of us have done projects before where we um, contributed art or products to help raise money for a good cause. Mm -hmm. 
You could also volunteer your time online or in person, or just have coffee and network with potential customers or friends who might go on to share your work and your Etsy shop with other people. None of these things cost you anything to build a network in person. In addition to anything you can do in person, if it's possible, we're just committed to showing up online more often. We are increasing the number of posts and sharing more of the content that people like to see, including behind the scenes photos, process videos, and content that shows our product in use like planner spreads or art journaling that have used our stickers and you can see them in the photos. I am making so many reels and story pins these days because people really love to see them. So it's worth putting in the time and effort to make them. I also would say like last year, our goal was just to like post consistently um, at least five days a week and get on Instagram almost every single day. And now we've kind of grown to like posting usually more than once during the week. Like Mm -hmm. it's quite common for us to post maybe now like two times a day and post on stories multiple times a day. So this is something we're doing is kind of slowly adding more and more content to our social media accounts. The third thing that we are doing to sell more of our art right now is that we have developed workflows for posting on these social media platforms like Instagram and Pinterest. It is so easy to log on to Instagram or even Facebook or Pinterest, and you think like, oh, I'm going to go engage with people that I follow, or I'm going to go get new followers, and then it just becomes like a huge time suck. Does this ever happen to you? It used to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's really easy to get distracted by stuff that's not actually related to your business or not actually helping you grow your business. Or maybe you just aren't engaging very consistently, like It's one day here and then maybe a couple of days in a row where you're engaging with other accounts and then it's like a week or two later you log back in to pin something or comment on someone else's stuff. You know that it's important to be active on the platforms to grow your business and sell more art, but you feel like you have no idea what you're doing and every day is kind of like, oh, let's just see and try it and maybe it'll work. We've definitely been in that boat in the past, but last year we really changed all of our systems. And so I think it's really important if you want to see results from your social media posts, you need to develop a system. If you actually want more followers, more comments, more engagement, more sales, you've got to treat being on social media accounts like they're a part of your business. ConvertKit is our go-to tool for email and newsletter subscriptions and automated emails. Every week, we send out a creative newsletter to all of you, our podcast listeners, to help you live your dream life. We send actionable tips for your Etsy shop and social media brand, share our behind-the-scenes process, and first access to our upcoming online courses, and we do all of it with ConvertKit. Many handmade sellers and artists use ConvertKit to build email lists of returning customers, to share behind-the-scenes photos of their work and their studios, to announce new art, new collections, and products when they launch. If you had asked me a couple of years ago about email lists, I would have laughed at you because the focus on social media is so huge, right? Yeah, I mean, a few years ago, I really didn't do anything with email, but now it's like, 
it's so awesome to use and to reach your customers this way. The reason that an email list is so great for you as a creative entrepreneur and the reason so many small businesses are turning to using email lists is because there's no algorithm to beat. Everyone who's on our email list actually gets the emails we send them. Not everyone who follows you on Instagram or Facebook sees what you post, and actually, most people don't. So if you're looking for a way to build a stronger relationship with your audience and the people who buy your art, an email list might be the way to move the needle forward for you. We love ConvertKit because it's super simple to use and you can easily pre-schedule emails to go out well in advance, which means I never have to remember to send out a newsletter. ConvertKit has transformed my process from randomly sending out emails once in a while and forgetting to stick to a schedule to staying consistent and showing up for our followers. I feel like we can't say enough good things about ConvertKit and the future of email lists for small businesses is right there. So if you want to learn more about this tool, visit shopstudiosisters.com slash ConvertKit to get a free ConvertKit plan. Hey friends, Katie here. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You're a maker and a creative already selling your handmade products on Etsy. The thing is, you'd really like to be selling more of it, right? Or maybe you've just recently started an Etsy shop and you want to lay a good foundation for your shop. Or your Etsy shop has been collecting dust for a while now and you've been avoiding the tech stuff or the research like I did for so long. Maybe you've just recently decided that this is your time to get real about Etsy and start doing some serious girl boss business. If any of these are you, I really want you to dive into the basics of Etsy SEO and learn more about getting found by your ideal customers on Etsy. This might sound overwhelming or time consuming, but Taylor and I have created a free guide on how to learn the basics of Etsy SEO and what a long tail keyword is and some basics of the do's and don'ts of Etsy search tags in just 15 minutes. It's actually easy, fast, and you'll be able to celebrate this win by getting your keywords and search terms on point. You can get our free fast guide to Etsy SEO on our website. Just go to shopstudiosisters.com slash Etsy SEO guide. You can also find the link to it in our show notes. Now back to the episode. So to do this, we recommend that you develop a workflow that makes sense for you and that you actually have time for. You can commit to getting on Instagram and engaging for, let's say, 15 minutes every morning while your coffee brews. This is like my first uh, daily, like, get on and engage. Like once I wait for the water to boil for my French press, I like spend that five or 10 minutes getting ready to um, engage. Or if you are a more detail-oriented, like, I have to have an organized system kind of person, write a step-by-step workflow for Pinterest or Instagram that describes, like, um, in the case of Pinterest, let's say, how many new pins you're going to make each day, how many repins you'll do, what boards do you want to focus on, and make that a time-limited specific goal. So focus on just the next 30 days, like just right now, not for the rest of the year. If you want to see more sales and a bigger audience from social media or from Pinterest, you really do need to develop consistent, regular posting, and that's done with a workflow. 
The fourth thing that we're doing is spending more time engaging on Instagram right before and right after you do a post. This step is pretty closely related to the workflows we've just talked about, but one thing we are doing that's converting to sales and audience growth right now that's just is working really well for us is specifically targeting our engagement on Instagram right before and right after we post our own content. Whenever you post to Instagram, try to spend 10 to 15 minutes before you post engaging with other accounts and then again for another 10 to 15 minutes after you post. This can seem like a lot, but this will help boost the engagement of your post right away because these people will see you interacting will see you interacting with them and then go check out your own account and will probably like or comment on the latest post that you've just done. I think it's really easy to like what we're all used to is like when you open Instagram, you have one or two goals. Goal number one is like scroll to see what's interesting. Mm -hmm. Or goal number two is I got to figure out what I'm supposed to post. And you're doing one or the other. There's nothing that like combines those two. And this is a strategy that we have now implemented. So there's the 15 minutes before. There's our social media posts and then there's 15 minutes after. And this has really helped us because it's time bound and specific. So we know exactly how much time we need to spend on it. We know exactly what we're going to do and we don't waste time or, or kind of get sucked down a rabbit hole with it. And it helps because the audience is you want them interacting with your post during the first hour that you've posted it. So by interacting during the 30 minutes around when you post, it helps boost the engagement like right away. It functions almost like in real life. Like when you walk up to a friend and you say hello to them or you wave at them as you go down the street or like you wave hello when you see them in the coffee shop. It's kind of the same engagement because then they're like, oh, hey, there's Katie. I'm (laughs) going to go over and talk to her. I'm going to go see what she's doing. So it's the Instagram version of like seeing your friend from across the room. That's a fun example. (laughs) Okay. If you don't have 15 minutes before and after posting, even just taking five minutes before and five minutes after to leave very thoughtful comments on a handful of accounts will help. And I think you should leave like very thoughtful comments. Like don't just say, love this, but take a few seconds to read their caption or look at their post and point out what you love about it instead of just those two words. Yeah, because here's the thing, people know when you're just commenting just to be commenting. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so easy to spot a, love this, OMG, obsessed, that's super cute, want to collab? Like, it's really easy to see that those aren't genuine. And so if you want to build engagement with your audience, being thoughtful, and like you said, Katie, like, actually read what they wrote and respond to that specifically like you're in a conversation with that person. Or tell them why you love it. Maybe you say, I really love the way you blended the colors and you added the leaf illustrations to that girl's hair instead of just love this. (laughs) (laughs) And another thing that you can do is to make sure to reply to any comments on your previous posts, like right after you've done your new post. So that way those people that left a comment will receive a notification that you're active as well. 
These are such great tips, Katie. Like you are really killing it with Instagram. <laughs> so finally, the last thing that we're doing to sell more of our art right now is getting ahead with video. And I'm going to compliment my sister here and say, Katie, you are really working those video clips. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. If you're not doing video for your small business, you're really not committing 100% to your business. And obviously, videos may not be the most fun thing in the world, especially if you're an introvert like myself. But I have found that there are so many things that you can do to create a great video and not have to show your face on camera. I like to make videos showing just the process of my art or even really fun clips where I start by just showing the supplies that I'm going to use and then the finished piece. I love these new reels where you like toss supplies up in the air and then the next part of the clip is like the finished piece. I think that's super cool. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun. So keep in mind, we're saying you need to do video, but you don't have to show your face and you don't have to do the dancing point. <laughs> you don't have to do videos that you don't like to make or that make you cringe. So make videos that you actually like and that you would actually want to watch as well. Some things that are working really well for us are, of course, Instagram reels, but also those sped up process videos, stop motion, and time lapse videos. We're obviously not the first people to say this, but video is the present and future of online small business. I can 100% guarantee you that in one year in your business, you will wish that you had done more video a year ago. You will wish that you had learned it, you'd start playing around with it, you'd posted more of it. So if you haven't done any video, like you've never posted a single one to your small business Instagram account or to Pinterest or even on Etsy, or you've just not, not done as much as you could have, really, I want to encourage you to start trying it and playing around with what you like. And I think you're going to be happy with the results. Recently, Katie, I read this quote by Michelle Fan. She says, it's very easy to make a viral video, but longevity and consistency, that's hard. That's a really great quote. And I think it's about being consistent and to keep making videos and keep finding ways to connect with your followers, maybe to find a way to make videos that is fun for you and not something that you dread doing. So again, for me, that's doing videos where it's not my face and I don't have to talk to the camera, but it's showing my process. Yeah. So um, for our listeners, if you don't know Michelle Fan, she's one of the earliest YouTube stars in the makeup and beauty industry. And for many of us, going viral might seem crazy hard or even impossible, but it's really not. What's challenging is committing to your small business and doing the things that maybe you don't love doing, like scheduling Instagram posts or creating videos or doing those comments. It's also, it can be hard to create a workflow, or create a plan and stick to it, but you're never going to see crazy amounts of growth in your sales online with just one post here or a few pins there. You could have all the advertising dollars in the world to spend or a ton of free product to send to influencers, or you could run a huge sale every single week, 
but none of these practices are sustainable, you guys. They're expensive and they're not establishing a relationship with your audience. The single greatest thing you could do with your handmade business is to develop a process that works for you and to be consistent with it. We want this consistency and growth for you, friends, which is why we host this podcast, and it's also why we've got a ton of helpful resources on our website, shopstudiosisters.com. You can find the show notes for this episode and all of our episodes on our website, as well as freebies like our free fast guide to Etsy SEO, where we help you learn the basics of keyword research for your handmade business in just 15 minutes. So if you want more and you're like, girl, sign me up for that. Go check out everything on our website at shopstudiosisters.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Studio Sisters podcast, and we'll talk soon. <music>